Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning. This is Pastor Tommy McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church, and we are glad to be back with you this week. Appreciate you listening to it so much. Hope this has been a blessing to you, and we do just thank you. Hope you'll come and visit us one of these days at Liberty Baptist Church. We would just be thrilled to have you come and be one of our guests. And we'll tell you, we've enjoyed I've enjoyed being a part of this radio program, and I hope it's been a help, and I hope it's been a blessing. And just want to remind you, if you have any questions that you would like to hear answered on the radio or any specific subject matter you would like to hear spoken about, just email us, libertybc2011 at att.net, and just ask any questions that you have, and we would love to answer those for you. And I tell you, I enjoy uh, getting good questions uh, I like being challenged, and uh, sometimes I have to tell people, man, that's a tough one. I don't really know what to tell you, but I'll work on it. But other times it's easy. And many people, uh, when they read their Bibles, sometimes they get held up on something, and they just kind of give up. Boy, don't do that. Just keep on reading. Keep on studying. The answers will come. And maybe sometimes you just need to ask somebody. And I tell you, sometimes that's what I do. I go to others who've studied a lot longer than I have and know a lot more and they've been a huge help to me and I want to be a help to you so if you would send us a question libertybc2011 at att.net and if uh, you want to check out our website sometime at experience-liberty.com and uh, you can email us through that you can listen to previous sermons and find out anything you might want to know about the church. But this morning I have a question I'm going to start out with. This question was sent to me by Wes. Very good question. And it's simply this. In 1 Samuel 19.9, it states, And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house. Question is, why would the Lord send an evil spirit upon Saul? And I tell you, that is something that uh, causes people to scratch their head. Why would God send an evil spirit on someone. Well, if you remember that story about Saul, Saul had a huge problem with rebellion. You may remember how Samuel told Saul that rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Saul was a very stubborn king. He just wouldn't get things right, wouldn't admit that he was wrong. And you know, it says in Proverbs that he that being off reprove and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. And we see that Saul, who was a king, um, had done some very evil things. And something that we see God do in the Bible, especially when it came to kings, is sometimes he would use evil spirits. In Judges chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And when Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel, then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech, that the cruelty done to the three score and ten sons of Jerubal might come, and their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, 
and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in, ki- in the killing of his brethren. Jerubbaal, that was he was also known as Gideon. You may remember the story. He had many sons, and Abimelech killed all of them, except for one. There was one that managed to escape, but he was a very wicked individual, and God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem because God wanted to use those men to punish Abimelech. First Kings chapter 22, verse 20, it says, And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab? And you all know Ahab, the wicked king, the husband of Jezebel. Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? God wanted him to fail in the battle. He wanted him to die. And if you know the story, he did die in battle. And one said on this manner, another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail. Also go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets. And the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. So here we see the Lord allows a lying spirit into prophets. So they would tell Ahab to go up to battle and he would, and so he would die there because Ahab, once again, another very wicked king who did not listen to the prophets of God, who hated the prophets of God. And in the story, there was one prophet who came and he told Ahab the truth, but Ahab hated him, uh, didn't listen to him, and Ahab eventually died. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever. He will. One thing we see in the Bible is that the kings, the rulers of this world, God is in control of these people. And now that causes a lot of questions because you look at the wickedness of the leaders of the rulers of this world and you say, how can God be in on that? I'll tell you how God can be in on that. God uses wicked rulers to punish the wicked. And when you, if you don't like the rulers that are in our country, and if you don't like the rulers that are in the world, just understand that they are a reflection of who we are as a people. We get what we deserve with the rulers that we have. And I believe right now in America, our rulers are a very uh, sad picture of who we are as a people. We get, we get what we deserve. And I'm telling you right now, if we want to see things turn around, it's not about the rulers. It's about... God's people getting right, getting their hearts right, doing right, and God can turn these people's hearts. It is not our president that's in control of this country. It's God. He's in control. He has his heart. And I believe if we would get right, if we'd have a revival, we would see our president do things a lot differently than he's doing right now. Because the king's heart, it's in the hand of the Lord. He turneth it with us whoever he will. Habakkuk 1 5. Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed them of themselves. We see in this story, God was going to raise up. He, he said, I am raising up. The Chaldeans, they were a wicked people that went and they took over Israel. God was using them 
to punish Israel for their wickedness, for their idolatry, for them going against God. And God used those Chaldeans. And if you read the rest of the book of Habakkuk, we see that God was raising up another nation that would eventually come and defeat the Chaldeans as punishment for their treatment of Israel. And one thing that we see throughout the Bible is that God uses wicked nations to punish the wicked all the time. Something we ought to keep in mind when we're seeing what's going on in the world and when we see a wicked nation that's doing horrible things. If God wants them taken care of, if God wants them dealt with, God will use the wicked. We don't usually see him using the good in those situations, and that's all I'll say about that. But Ezra 7.27, Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which hath put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. In this story, we see uh, Cyrus, who was a wicked king, did a very good thing for Israel. This was a fulfillment of prophecy, and it was God used the king in this situation to do this, to allow this to happen. This was God doing it, and God was able to use a wicked king. He was able to turn his heart, because that's what God does with kings. But then also with individuals, one of the things that we see in the Bible in Romans chapter 1, and we don't have time to go through all of it, but it talks about those who change the truth of God into, the, into a lie, who worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. And it talks about how God, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then it names off all these terrible sins. And one of the things that gets people puzzled sometimes is you see all the wickedness that goes on in this world, all the terrible, abominable things that people do. And you even see in this country how it's accepted and embraced. And you think, how could these people do these horrible, horrible acts? And the truth is, is they've rejected God for so long. They've said no to his Holy Spirit for so long that God has given them over to a reprobate mind. He has allowed that reprobate mind to take over so they will continue to do the things that they do that will ultimately destroy them. And I know this isn't a, the typical picture you see of God in many of your churches today where they just want to talk about how God is love. But our God is a just God and sometimes we deserve the evil. Sometimes Bad things do need to come our way that we we deserve it because our God, he is a loving God, but he is also a just God. And anytime you see this type of thing happen, it's not without plenty of warning from God beforehand. God had the prophet Samuel that he was in the life of Saul that he just he did not listen to. He would not listen. And God allowed or God sent that evil spirit to trouble Saul because he he pushed God too far. And just like God allowed Satan access into the life of Job, sometimes God will allow those evil spirits into the lives of people 
because they've said no for so long. God is the one that is in control. And whatever he does, whether we understand it or not, it is always just. And so I hope that helps answer that question. And, uh, and I encourage you all send questions in if you have them, and we'd like to be a help there. But this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject of Christian liberty. This is a subject that's very important to me. I haven't said a whole lot about our church since uh, I started this program, but three and a half years ago, um, we moved out to this area and we decided we were going to start a. We wanted to start a fundamental Baptist church in the Sterling Rock Falls area. And I remember when thinking of the name, you know, what are we going to call this? I mean, very quickly, the idea of Liberty Baptist came into my mind simply because I love the subject of Christian liberty. I believe in it very much, and it's also something I believe many people get the wrong idea about that people don't have right. Many times when you talk about liberty, people, they think of no law. They think of no restrictions. That Liberty means I can do whatever I feel like doing. And really, that is not the case whatsoever. And so I want to share some scriptures with you this morning that I hope will give you an accurate idea of what liberty is, of Christian liberty or liberty in Christ. And I tell, I love liberty. America, you know, we talk about liberty all the time. And let me tell you something. Liberty is not an American thing. Liberty is a Bible thing. And uh, liberty is something that comes from God. I know Chris Cuomo from CNN thinks that it's something that comes from the government, but it does not come from the government. It comes from God. They said, we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. Many people sometimes they will say things like, you know, I mean, we need to be thankful for our soldiers who've given us liberty. But the truth is, it wasn't the soldiers that gave us liberty, it was God that gave us liberty. But thank God for the soldiers who have helped preserve that liberty. They didn't give it, but they have defended it. And I tell you, I thank God for those who have fought and died for our country, and we should be very thankful for them. And we ought to appreciate them. And I think one of the ways that we could is by making sure that we continue to preserve our liberty. And I'm afraid that we are just flushing it down the toilet in our country today. And listen, I I promised myself I wasn't going to get political on this subject. But when I talk about liberty, it's hard not to. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I want us to look at a few verses in the Bible. First of all, Isaiah 61.1. I love this verse. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I love that verse. Jesus Christ, he read that verse in the temple when he, was, when he began his ministry on earth. This verse was talking about Christ. He came to proclaim liberty. And in Psalms 119, verse 44, it says, So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever and i will walk at liberty for i seek thy precepts i will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed i will delight myself in thy commandments which i have loved my hands also will i lift up unto thy commandments which i have loved and i will meditate in thy statutes you know most people don't associate law with liberty but when we read the bible we understand that real liberty comes from the law of God. Notice, he said, I will walk at liberty. Why? Because I seek thy precepts. I'm following your law. 
I'll stand before kings, and I'm not going to be ashamed. And I'm here today to tell you, I am not ashamed of the commandments of God. I am not ashamed of the word of God, of the gospel of Christ. It brings liberty. And to keep your liberty as a nation or as an individual, it is a constant battle that we must fight. And many, rather than fight, they just rather turn over and give over their liberty, which for a brief time will make things easier. However, the truth is, to not have liberty is to be in bondage. And many today have been in bondage for so long that they don't even know what liberty is like. And I believe that's the case in many countries today. The reason they don't seem to want liberty is they have no clue what it is. They've never experienced it. And many people that are saved today, they believe, well, I'm saved. I can't be in bondage. But Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Just because you're saved it doesn't mean you can't be in bondage to sin. So to keep your liberty, it's a fight, but it's not near as difficult as trying to gain it back after you've lost it. For example, a person who obeys the law of no drugs. Well, they don't struggle like the person who's disobeyed the law. Listen, if you've never tried drugs, well, then how can you be addicted to them? You can't. You have to try it first. You have to break the law first to struggle with it. And someone who's never broken that law is at liberty. I'm not in a rehab center today. I don't have to, I am not in jail today because I have not broken that law. And I thank God it's not a problem for me. I mean, this applies to all addictive sins like alcohol, cigarettes, pornography, whatever. All sin is addictive. And if you never do it the first time, well, then you're not going to you're not going to be in bondage to it. You know, it's impossible to become an alcoholic if you never take the first drink. It can't happen. It's impossible to become addicted to cigarettes if you never smoke the first one. Sin is addictive. Don't do it the first time. Don't break the law and you'll be at liberty. It's sad how many people will waste their paycheck in the bar room on weeds, on drugs, on things that are not profitable one bit. And they say, I can't help it. I can't help it. You know, I'm they're a slave to those things. And had they never broken the law, and I'm not talking about our nation's law. I'm talking about the law of God. They wouldn't have a problem at all. And, you know, even things that aren't necessarily sin can sometimes bring us into bondage. Like many people today are controlled by, well, the television, by Internet, cell phones. You know, some people, they can't make it out to church because they'd miss their favorite TV show. They're so addicted to those, to that screen. They can't do it. They can't sit through a service. They're afraid they're going to miss something. They're going to miss their ball game whatever it is, and you know what? You try to tell somebody, hey, that those things are keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. Maybe you ought to get rid of them. Well, they'll just look at you like you're crazy. There's no way I could ever do that. I could never get rid of those things. But, you know, go talk to somebody who's never had them. Well, they don't struggle with that. It's amazing how many people say, I don't have time to read my Bible, but yet they'll watch a couple hours of TV a day, easy, and they, I can't do it. Why? Because they're in bondage to a television set. It's amazing how weak we are and what we let defeat us. I mean, it's, it's really sad. 
But, you know, someone who's never had those things, they might not be as strong spiritually, but they're not going to struggle with those things because they have liberty. A person who has no knowledge of what a certain sin is like doesn't struggle like the person who has disobeyed the law of God. There are some sins that the Bible talks about as being pleasurable for a season. They're pleasurable for a season. And many people who have experienced those sinful pleasures are very drawn towards doing those things again. Where someone who's never tried it, someone who's never done it, they don't have a problem with it. There are some people today that feel like they can't do things that they should do. I I can't go to church. I can't give my tithes and offerings. I can't win people to Christ. Why not? Because they've been disobedient to the law of God for so long. They've developed so many bad habits. Adding good habits seems almost impossible to them. And I, I tell you, it's sad just how weak we are, just how... I mean, what little things it takes to get us out of the will of God and that we allow to keep us in bondage in our country today. People, I mean, are just so willing to throw away their freedom for a little protection is what's often used. People will, they'll throw away freedom for that. They'll throw away freedom maybe for some type of welfare program. Government says, hey, we'll take this responsibility for something that, uh, you should be doing. Okay, great. But you know, it always comes with a price. It always means a loss of freedom. But people, boy, they're so willing to just to just hand it over, to give it over. And when you do, folks, it's almost impossible to ever get it back. And, boy, we are just throwing away freedoms like crazy. I, I know I promised I wasn't going to get political, but I lied. I, it's, I'm, I'm getting tired of the attitude of Americans today. We are a nation that believed in liberty. We are a nation that has had thousands and thousands who have fought and died for the freedom in our country, and we're just going to throw it away for a good feeling, for a welfare benefit, for you know whatever. Why would we do that? We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. I mean, our founding fathers, boy, if they saw what was going on today... I. I gotta stop. I gotta stick to the Bible. I gotta get off the politics, folks. But that it just it fries my gizzard. I'm sorry about that, but it just really does. But you know, in the Bible, we see people who believed in liberty and believed in fighting for it. In Second Samuel chapter 23, there's a man we don't know a whole lot about him. He's one of David's mighty men. The Bible just talks about him in a couple of verses. His name was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. And it says, And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, and there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Here we see one man fighting off an army for a patch of lentils, a pea patch, if you would. And, you know, some things that we can learn from this these two verses is one most people are going to run from the real battles that's what all the other armies did they ran but Shammah he stood alone he stood in the midst and I tell you we need to learn to stand with God and not with people I'm tired of hearing people say you know this is what the majority says you know the majority is usually wrong 
And the Bible is always right, and we need to learn to sometimes stand alone, stand with God, not with people. Me, I just tend anymore to just run from the masses. They're, they're almost always wrong. You know, just count on people letting you down and turning on you. That had to have been tough on Shama when he's standing there and these men that he's fought with, maybe men that he's saved their lives in battles before, and all of a sudden things get tough. The Philistines show up and they just take off running like a bunch of cowards. Well, it would have been real easy for Shama to say, you know what, I can't do this by myself. Everybody else is running. I'm going to run too. But he didn't. He stood there and he fought. He didn't make any compromise. It says that he got in the center. He stood right in the center of that ground. Most people, they'd get on the edge just in case they need to get away. They want to have a quick getaway. He wasn't going anywhere. He got right in the middle. He told them to bring it on. And they brought it. And he defeated them. Don't give any part of your life over to the devil. Don't compromise with sin. I don't care what everybody's doing. I know it seems like everyone is giving up. Everyone is getting involved with all these different sins. You know, teenagers often struggle with the peer pressure. Oh, you know, Mom, everybody's trying it. You know, Dad, everybody's doing it. Why can't I do it too? Why? Because we want you to have liberty. We want you to experience real freedom Everybody else has given up their liberty. You don't have to. Don't adjust your standards in life based on what other people are doing. I'm not adjusting my standards to what the world does. I'm not going to go along with their styles. God gave me liberty. I don't have to do the things that the world does. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to look like a girl. I'm a man. I, I ought to look like a man. I don't have to walk around with my pants hanging down below my behind where I can hardly, you know, I have to be careful to be able to hold them up. I can wear pants that fit me. I can comb my hair. I can keep it the original color. I can, you know, I can just act like a normal human being. I can talk in a clear voice. I don't have to mumble like people do and use all this slang that doesn't make any sense. I don't have to use the filthy, vile language that people are so anxious to learn. I don't have to do those things. I can act like a normal human being. Why? Because I have liberty. I don't have to do the things that everyone else is doing. I don't have to take drugs to be cool. I don't have to go out and get drunk. I don't have to smoke the cigarettes. I don't have to waste my money on the lottery tickets and all the goofy things that people are just flushing their money down the toilet for. I don't have to do those things. Psalms 101 verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not Cleave to me. I don't have to get involved in pornography. I don't have to get sucked in to all these stupid, ridiculous TV shows that people waste countless and countless hours on. Why? Because of the liberty that God gave me. And listen, I'm not bragging on myself, folks. I'm bragging on God who gave me this liberty. And if I lose it, it's not because of God. It's because I handed it over. Just like I don't brag about the liberty I have in this country. I'm not the one that fought for it. I was never in the military. I, I never, I've never fought in any battles like they have. But I'm telling you right now, I'm thankful that I have it. I'm thankful for those who have. I appreciate those people very much. I think whenever you get a chance, you ought to thank a veteran. We ought to appreciate those people. We ought to honor the sacrifices that they made. And I think the worst thing we could do is just throw it away. And God has given us liberty and we ought to hang on to it. We ought to fight for it. These battles that we fight, they're not ours, they're God's. 
David said, when he fought Goliath, the battle is the Lord's. Shammah, when he fought, the Bible says the Lord wrought a great victory. It was God that did it. Thank God for the liberty he's given us. But listen, don't misuse it. Don't throw it away. 1 Corinthians 8, 9, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Galatians 5, 13, For brethren, ye have not been called unto liberty, or ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Liberty is not the freedom to do whatever you want to do. It is not the freedom to sin. It is the freedom to do right. And I thank God that he's given us that liberty, and we ought to take advantage of that liberty and do all that we can for God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this was a help. I hope you will stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ hath made us free. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you are blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 7.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at at&t.net.